Amen. Amen. I want to give a special welcome to our guests today. Your guests, God bless you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have a couple prayer needs that I want to mention. Uh, one of them, Brian had an injury at work. He had a piece of metal stuck in your eye, right, Brian? But it's out now, but it's still blurry. So we need to pray for Brian, okay? Pray for his vision. Uh, also, let's continue to pray for Betty. I went to go see her. Um, she was in the hospital for a few days, a procedure uh, this weekend. Hopefully, be coming home soon. Let's pray for Betty. And then Joe and Luther, we want to remember them as well, right? Okay, let's, let's bow together in prayer. Father God, Lord, we come to you right now and, and, and pray for our brother Brian, Lord. <clears throat> such a valued member here at our church, such a loved brother. And we just pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, please uh, touch him in his eye, Lord, where he had the medal. And just, just give him a complete healing. Please, Father, give him a complete healing so he can see clearly. Thank you, God, for Brian, Lord. Lord, we also pray for Betty. And uh, we just pray that you minister to her and uh, let your spirit, um, you know, just give her your, you know, just give her your healing touch and your peace and your joy and your love and your strength. Lord, help Betty, Lord, just by your spirit. Uh, let your spirit be upon her. Please, thank you, God. And for Joe and Lupe, we pray you continue to be with Joe and Lupe and uh, in their health. We just pray that you strengthen them and uh, with your healing touch, Father. And we thank you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, everyone. So, all right, everyone. So we're, um, in just a moment, we're going to continue in the Gospel of John, John 19, if you want to prepare for that. But before we do, I want to mention uh, in a book, in a book called The God Who Hung on the Cross, a journalist by the name of Ellen Bond uh, tells a story of how the gospel was brought to a little village in North Cambodia. Uh, back in 1999, there was a pastor, Toy Sang, who traveled to northern Cambodia, a province there. And uh, this was an isolated region. Most of the, most of the villagers there uh, followed Buddhism or spiritism. And as he walked in this province, he came along a little out-of-the-way village. And most of the you know, and, and as he got to that village, the people there just warmly welcomed him in, in the gospel of Jesus. And he was really surprised at this, uh, their openness. And, and so he asked, he asked about it. And when he asked why they were so open, uh, an older woman uh, shuffled toward him. She bowed her head and grasped his hand. And she said, we've been waiting for you for the last 20 years. And then she told him the story of the mysterious God who hung on the cross. You see, in Cambodia, back in the 70s, was the Khmer Rouge, which was a communist regime, a communist movement. And everyone, all the soldiers in this movement destroyed anything that got in their way. And they went to this, they, they, they descended upon this small village and they told the people in this village, they rounded them up and forced them to dig their own graves. And so the people in the village, as they dug their graves and facing their graves, and they were preparing to die. So they screamed, some of them screamed out to Buddha. 
Some of them screamed out to uh, demon spirits. Some of them screamed out to their ancestors' spirits. But one woman remembered a story from her childhood that her mother had taught her about a God who hung on the cross. So she began to call out to pray, pray for help, call out to help for this God who hung on the cross. And this one solitary prayer of this woman soon uh, began a wailing of all the villagers began to pray to this God who hung on the cross. And this uh, muggy uh, night, uh, this jungle, it was in a jungle uh, area, as the, as the villagers you know, they wailed and they cried, and pretty soon they, that turned into a quiet cry, a quiet cry, and, and things got eerily quiet. And, and they, they, they dared to turn around to look at their captors. And as they did, as they turned, they discovered the soldiers were gone. They were gone. And so the woman told this, she finished telling the story to this pastor, and she said, ever since that day, 20 years ago, that human evening, we've been waiting for someone to come and tell us the rest of the story of this God who hung on the cross. And so then, pastor sang, the door was wide open for him to share about the God who hung on the cross. They, they were waiting for someone to tell them about this God who came down to us. And this God, why did he come? What did it mean? That's what we're going to look at this morning, the story of the cross. The story of the cross. Now, last week, do you remember Pontius Pilate? He, he submitted, basically, to the Jews. He bowed to political pressure. And he ordered Jesus to be crucified on the cross. So we're going to pick it up in, from there in our reading this morning. If you'll turn with me, and I think it'll be on the screen as well, to John chapter 19. We're going to look at verses 17 through 30. And if you're able and willing, if you can stand with me, we'll look at John 19, verses 17 through 30. And it says this. Carrying his own cross... He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. This, of course, this is talking about Jesus. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross, and it read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Don't write the king of the Jews. Write that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate said, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes divided them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. The garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who gets it. 
This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later on, knowing that everything had been now been finished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk on a, hyss- on a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. The story of the God who hung on the cross is the central message of the gospel. It's the central to what we preach. The Apostle Paul says, I preach Christ crucified. The story of the cross, the message of the cross is what we're looking at this morning, the message of the cross. You know, the cross is the most recognized symbol in the world. It represents the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The cross, the cross. The story of the cross is the story of Jesus and his mission to mankind. The story, the message of the cross, the God who hung on the cross. What is the message of the cross? We're going to look at four lessons this morning. Four lessons about the message of the cross. And the first lesson is this. Christ came to save sinners. Verse 17. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is Golgotha. Then they crucified him with him, two others, and one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Jesus carried his own cross. It was a, it was a heavy beam placed upon his back. And the soldiers said, march. And Jesus began the long walk through the streets of Jerusalem. Now, you remember from last week, he had been scourged to an inch of his life. He was weak. He was bleeding. Now, as he walked, there were crowds that went with him. Now, most of these crowds were his enemies. They were shouting, mocking, insulting. Some of them were his friends, the women who stayed with him. They wept wept as they saw him covered with blood walking to his execution. At one point, Jesus stumbled on the street. And the soldier uh, grabbed uh, uh, someone from the crowd, someone out of town. His name is Simon of Cyrene. And they told him, you take it. Take the cross the rest of the way. The rest of the way was to a place called Golgotha. Golgotha is an Aramaic word meaning place of the skull. Place of the skull. And the Latin word for Golgotha is Calvary. 
Calvary is the mountain upon which Jesus died. It's a mountain outside the wall of Jerusalem, uh, probably a high mountain in the shape of a skull. So they called it Mount Calvary, the place of the skull. Jesus, that's the mountain upon Je where Jesus would die. Jesus was on Mount Calvary outside the city wall. Jesus would die at, in Cal at, at Calvary. He came to save sinners. He came to reach sinners. And it was among sinners that Jesus would die. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 12 says he was numbered among sinners. Jesus who knew no sin was counted as a criminal for you and for me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. You see, all of our sin was placed upon Jesus. The sin Jesus took on was our sin. The sin, the the. the the punishment that he took was our sin. The, the sin that he paid for was our sin that we could not, that, so that we wouldn't have to. He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. Jesus paid it all. Jesus died on that cross in the middle of sinners. He didn't die between two candles in the cathedral. He died on the cross between two thieves. One on the right, one on the left. He was right in the middle of the sinners he came to save. And the, the rulers were sneering at him, and the, and, the, and the soldiers were mocking him, and even one of the thieves that was hanging on the cross began to insult him. Luke, Luke chapter 23 and it says this, he says in verse 39, one of the thieves said this, one of the criminals said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. He was mocking Jesus. Gee, but Jesus was in the middle where he wanted to be. Now the other, the other, one, one of the thieves rejected Christ, but the other opened his heart to Christ. Amen? The one who opened his heart to Christ rebuked the other thief and he said, don't you fear God? Don't you realize we're all going to die? And then he turned to Jesus. And he opened his heart to Jesus. And he called upon Jesus to save him. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he asked Jesus this. He said this to Jesus in verse 41. He said this. He told the other prisoner, he told the other thief, this man deserves, we deserve what we're getting, but he, he's done nothing wrong. He turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. <laughs> you remember what Jesus said? <clears throat> today, today, today you will be with me in paradise. Today, Jesus was close enough to the sinners. He died with the sinners. He was close enough to hear the words of this man confessing his faith in Christ. So the first lesson of the message of the cross is that Jesus came to save sinners. Second lesson. The second lesson of the cross is this. Get the word out. 
to the world. Get the word out to the world, verse 19. Verse 19 says this, 19 and 20, and 22, through 22, it says this. Pilate had a notice. He had it prepared on the cross. Jesus, the, the Nazarene king of the Jews. Many Jews read it because it was near the city and it was written in three languages, Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The Jews protested, of course. He's not my king. He's not my king. Pilate said, he said, they said, put that he claimed to be the king. Pilate said, what I have written, I have written. Pilate, you see, wrote this. For a purpose. One of the purposes of crucifixion was public ridicule. The criminal would have whatever crime he did was written on a placard or a wooden tablet. And it was put around his neck. And then the, the, the victim would have to walk through the streets of the city so everyone could see what he had done. It was to shame him. It was to ridicule him. And this was the plaque that Pilate made where he wrote Jesus, the king of the Jews, in a mocking type of way. He wrote it in three languages, Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Aramaic was the local language. That's the language Jesus spoke. Uh, Latin was the, the language of the Romans, the official language of Rome. And Greek was the, uh, uh, the language of the, of the whole empire, the Koine Greek, common Greek, was a language all the all the countries spoke. Pat, Pilate wanted everyone. He wanted, did it in three languages to communicate to the masses, so everyone could see, so the world would know what this man claimed to be. People could read it; they could understand the words, but very few actually understood the true meaning behind it. You see, Jesus was the king of the Jews. Not only was he the king of the Jews, he was the king of the non-Jew Gentiles. Not only was he the king of the non-Jew Gentiles, Jesus was the king of the universe. Of the universe. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Jesus created the universe. It says this. For in him all things were created. Things in the heavens and things on earth, visible and then invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. He is ahead of all things that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Jesus was the God who hung on the cross. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. It was true. It was true. He was the king, and he is the king. And that is the message of the cross. That is the message we're to get out to the world. That's what's to be communicated in every language. That's to be communicated in by every means, including social media. <laughs> you know, Facebook recently uh, rejected something. I want to tell you about it. There was a Catholic Franciscan university that put some ads out on Facebook just recently about theology classes they, they were giving. And one of the classes that they put out, Facebook rejected. They wouldn't put the ad into Facebook. Why? They said this. It was a representation of the crucifixion, by the way. 
And the monitors of Facebook said they rejected it because the crucifixion was shocking. It was sensational. It was excessively violent. Hmm. Well, I wonder. The, the university answered them back, and I think it surprised Facebook. The, the, the Franciscan University answered them back with these words. They said, you know what? We agree. <laughs> Indeed, they said. The crucifixion of Christ was all of these things. It was the most sensational action in history. Man executed his God. It was shocking. Yes, God deigned to take on flesh and blood, to, to take on flesh and was obedient unto death, even death on a cross, Philippians 2.8. It was excessively violent. A man was scourged to within an inch of his life, nailed naked to a cross, and left to die. All the hate of all the sin in the world poured out its wrath on his humanity. Yes, it was violent. Then they concluded with these words. It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for mankind. It was his love for mankind. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the word we're to get out to the world. He is the God who died on the cross. He died on the cross and he rose again. That's the message of the cross. To get out to the world. So then... Not only is the message of the cross, Jesus came to save sinners. Not only is it get the word out to the world, but thirdly, the third lesson of the cross is this. Christ has a heart of compassion. Verse 23. Verse 23 and 24 says this. When the soldiers crucified Jesus... They took his clothes, divided them into four, one for each, and then the, the other garment. And then, they, and then they, it says the garment that was seamless, woven into one piece from top to bottom. They said, let's not tear it. You know, let, let's, let, let's cast lots for it. In other words, let's gamble. You know, what they were doing, these soldiers were taking Jesus' personal belongings and casting dice and gambling for his clothes before he had even died. the callousness of their hearts. This was prophesied would happen. Psalm chapter 22 was written a thousand years before Jesus was born. Psalm chapter 22 is all about the crucifixion. And in that chapter, it, it prophesies his crucifixion and they're gambling for his clothes. And these soldiers' hearts were callous. They took no care that the sa of the Savior's suffering. The love of the Father sending His Son was a message they would not hear. Their hearts would not be touched by the love of the Savior giving His life for them. 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is a message of Christ's compassion. It's a compassion that this small village in Cambodia, Cambodia hoped that this God had. They reasoned if he suffered on the cross, then he'll understand and he'll have compassion on our plight. Verse 
the compassion of Jesus. Because he knows suffering. He's the God who hung on the cross, and he knows our plight. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 says, We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Listen to these words. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says this. It says, we do not have a high priest unable to, to, uh, to sympathize or empathize with our weakness, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we, yet without sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may, be, we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It's because Jesus suffered on the cross. It's because he's experienced the pain and that he suffered. That we know when we come before the throne of God, we can receive his compassion, his mercy, his help in our time of need. Amen? Amen. Jesus has a heart of compassion, and he showed that compassion as he looked down from the cross, and he saw his mother. Verse 26. Jesus saw his mother weeping, he saw her crying, he saw her grieving, and he said in verse 26 to John, who writes this gospel, it says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said, he said to her, woman, here is your son. To the disciple, here is your mother. From that time, this disciple took her into his own home. Jesus cared with compassion from the cross. He cared for his mother as he cares for the world. So then, the third lesson is this. Christ has a heart of compassion. And fourth and finally, the fourth lesson from the message of the cross is this. Christ's work is complete. Verse 28. Verse 28, it says this. It says, later, knowing that everything had been finished and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. You see, Jesus purposely quoted Psalm chapter 69 as the prophecy. Excuse me. That he fulfilled. All of Jesus' life was a foretold in prophecy, in scripture, from the place he would be born, the, the miraculous birth, his death on the cross, and his resurrection, it was all foretold. 300 scripts, over 300 prophecies of Jesus foretold in the New Testament, completed in his life. He was completing the work that the Father had given him. You know, in the Old Testament, we talked about that in our orientation class this morning a little bit. The priests, the, the people would bring animal sacrifice to the priests. Now, the animal sacrifice was a symbol of their payment for their sin. The problem is they had to do it again and again and again. Amen? Why? Because we continue to sin. So they had to continue to bring the sacrifices in. But all of the sacrifices in the Old Testament pointed to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. He was God's perfect son. 
He fulfilled the Old Testament law perfectly. So he, it was the acceptable sacrifice to God once for all for the sins of the world. He was a final and acceptable sacrifice to God for all men, for all time, to all who would believe. Jesus, the final sacrifice. And through his shed blood on the cross at Calvary, we now can find forgiveness of sin. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. It was done. He said, it is finished. He, and he bowed his head, verse 30, and he gave up his spirit. When he said, it is finished, it was a cry of triumph. It, it was complete. Everything was complete. The, the sins of the world had been paid in full. Like the song we just sang this morning, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Amen? It's done. The payment's made. It's, it's complete. J. Vernon McGee says it this way. There are only two kinds of religions in the world. You can list every ism, every cult, every religion in Southern California. I guess that's where he lived. <laughs> Under one category, under one category, they all say, do, 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 do. Only Christianity says, done. It's done. Jesus has done it all. It's complete. All we have to do <coughs> is receive him. The measures of the cross brings us lessons to learn. We've looked at four of them. Christ came to save sinners. He came to live with sinners, and he came to die with sinners. And he was close enough to hear a dying man on his cross confessing his faith. You know, if we're going to have an impact for Jesus Christ, we have to be near people who need him. We have to be rubbing shoulders with the people in the world Jesus came to save so that we can be with them, so that we can be near them to hear them. Jesus came to save sinners. Second, get the word out to the world as a placard on his cross said he is king. He is the king who suffered shockingly and violently. Yes, it's true. Get the word out. He did it for us. Third, Christ has the heart of compassion. He's able to sympathize with our weakness so we know that we'll find mercy when we come to the God of compassion. And fourth, Christ's work is complete. He made the final payment, the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. Jesus paid it all. All we have to do is believe. That small village in Cambodia heard the rest of the story. They heard of the God who hung on the cross, and they learned of the God who saved them from their death. They learned of his love, in sending his son to us, save us. They learned the message of the cross is salvation. This is a message we're to learn. It's a message we're to live. It's a message we're to share with all who will believe. Let's pray. 
Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this is what it's all about. Jesus paid it all. He, he suffered and bled. And Jesus, through it's only through your blood that we can have forgiveness. Jesus, thank you. We can never say thank you enough. Thank you for the gift of eternal life, the salvation in you. Thank you, you rose from the dead. And now we can call you Lord and, 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 and know that we'll be with you for all eternity. Help us to get out the message of the cross to those that we can, to share your love, to show your love, to, to share the message. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray.